Welcome to the Last Post podcast for the issue Saturday, April 6th, where we bring you this week's news in bite-sized portions. Andrew Carey has absconded once again, so I'm your host, Keen Reinhardt, and this week's show is brought to you in association with Ty Kearney Jewellers, Thomas Street, where for a limited time only, they are offering half-price diamond rings. You can keep up to date with all Limerick news on limerickpost.ie or following the hashtag keeping Limerick posted across all our social media channels. I'm now joined by Bernie English. Bernie, welcome to the show. Hi, Keen. How are you? So uh, a couple of stories you were stand out a bit this week. The first one is finally work on their way on a 60-bed hospital unit at UHL. Yes, absolutely. These are what are called the enabling works, and two million has been made available. This is to build um, a 60-bed unit to take some of the pressure off the ED, because, of course, Limerick Hospital is always in the news for the reason that it tends to top all of the trolleys charts in, in, in Ireland. Uh, and the enabling works are just where they basically dig the drainage dishes, get everything ready. What they're waiting for is the announcement of the capital plan, which has not yet been published. And their needs, they're going to need approximately another 19.2 million. But this is good news in the sense that this means at least when that is made available, they'll be ready to go. And um, they're not putting a particular time span on this, but we think possibly next summer. Now, at the same time, of course, we have an absolute trolley crisis in the hospital this week. Today we had um, up to 82 people on trolleys this morning and one of the local TDs, Morris Quinlivan, is claiming it's even more than that. He says it was 92 before lunchtime, but 82 is the official INMO figure. And on Wednesday we had more people on trolleys than all nine of the Dublin hospitals. So we obviously have a very, very big problem out there and it's not getting any better. So the sooner this gets built, the better. And there was no timeline given about when the should be completed? Not really. They're not they're not committing themselves to that and I you know, you can understand why because yeah. you can give an approximate but it's understood that those those who make an educated guess would say probably next summer, which of course unfortunately still leaves us facing into this winter. And then in uh, other news Tuesday was Autism Awareness Day. It was indeed and we had a fantastic day here in Limerick. Um there were so many there were so many stores and businesses that actually got involved with this and stepped up to the plate and provided something which was inclusive for children with autism, which is a lot of children now because one in 65 children is somewhere on the spectrum and more are being diagnosed every day. But this was a very fun day and the mums got a a pampering day, courtesy of people like Brown Thomas and Bellissimo. Uh, Other stores, Tony Connolly's and Patrick Street, the Crescent Shopping Centre, Planters and Dell, Parkway, Amber Service Station, they all put on something special or wore the the special autism t-shirts. So it was a very colourful week and a celebration of inclusiveness of people who are on the spectrum, especially children. Sounds brilliant and you see across the town a lot of stores are becoming a bit more autism friendly as well. They are indeed and that's that's thanks to to the sort of work of, great work of people like Docus who are the Autism Awareness Group here and Limerick Autism who are bringing home to businesses that a lot of families say, for instance, who are shopping with children who have issues, sensory issues, are are in difficulty if there's very loud music, in difficulty if there's very bright or flashing lights. And they're actually tuning into this now and making days where they tone all that down so that families can come and shop in peace without children being put through the mill of all that. Excellent. And more of those stories are available online at limerickpost.ie. Thanks for joining us, Bernie. You're very welcome, Keane. I'm now joined by our editor, Jerry Collison. Jerry, thanks for coming in. No bother at all, Kane. There's a couple of stories there by Alan Jakes, the first one on the front page about rent pressure zones not having a full effect. Yeah, um, this is something that's been sought for quite a while. Um, if an area is designated as a rent pressure zone, it means that uh, landlords will be restricted in the amount of money that they can raise the rents by. Um, in the case of Limerick, um, the rent pressure zone will be in City East. And for those who mightn't be uh, too familiar with the geography of the city, that would be out around the Castle Troy and Akati Monoline area. Um, that would be an area where there would be a lot of students and quite an amount of uh, houses out there would be rented. And um, this came about because for the first time ever, the uh, average rent uh, went above the national average for the first time. And uh, the average rent, uh, according to the Residential Tenancies Board out there now, is 1,134 euro. Um, Whereas um, the latest DAFT IE report, which is probably more tuned to the market, 
um, is now saying that the uh, average is 1,171 a month. So it seems like as if they're just going in the one direction. Um, a lot of rent in that direction would be per room, seeing as it's students as well. So that might drive up the costs, I'd imagine. Absolutely. And then you'd wonder about how the reporting of that would be managed. You know, mm-hmm. Would it be the students themselves that are reporting or would it be the landlords? Um, you know, and yes, you're right. That that would be a big thing, uh, particularly where students would be involved. But I think one of the one of the most uh, astonishing statistics is that um, the rents in Limerick City have now risen by over ninety two percent from the lowest point, which I guess was maybe about six years ago or thereabouts. When they say it'll have a limited effect. Yeah, well, that's on the basis that um, City East is uh, the only area that's designated as a rent pressure zone. It means that people in the rest of the city um, will just have to grin and bear for a while uh, and hope that that it doesn't rise to the extent that um, that it will become a rent pressure zone. Um, the argument being made by both Morris Quinlevin and Jan O'Sullivan is that um, that the damage is already done and that it's a case of too little, too late. That too many people have either been priced out of the market or else gone into homelessness as a result of this. And they feel that, you know, at this stage, the damage is done. And is there a solution there, do you think? Now, there's a good question. I would imagine that there'll be quite a few people on the doorsteps in the next few weeks canvassing for local elections. And maybe people might be better off asking them what the solution might be. I guess the government have tried and failed uh, abysmally by the latest statistics. Um, it just seems to be something that they can't seem to get a handle on. Now, maybe maybe a local election might concentrate minds a little bit better. And uh, speaking of local elections, Alan has another story about a new candidate. Yeah. But an impactful story. Yeah, indeed. Um, no, this is, this is a story about a, a mother of two um, who lost her husband to cancer six months ago. And, um, you know, in, in, in the manner of these things, she's decided to focus her energies on giving something back to the community. Um, her name is Sarah Kiley. It's not her first time, actually, to run an election. Um, she's representing uh, Fine Gael in City East area. Again, we know where that is now because of the rent pressure zone. So, um, yeah, her, her, her partner of 21 years, Damien O'Shocknessy, who's well known around the Limerick and Clare area, um, died last October. And, um, you know, she, it, it, he, he was a, a chef. He worked in Flanagan's on the Lake in, in Killaloo. And he was uh, one of the driving forces with the Team Limerick Cleanup Initiative. 45 years of age and he, he, he passed away after losing his battle with cancer. So um, Sarah now will be on the election trail. Um, she's um, looking at it on the basis that, that people had helped her out so much when she was in her hour of need that what she wants to do now is to do something for the community. And that story is available in this week's paper and more online. Is there any other stories to stand out to you, Jerry? Um, yeah, there are. There are. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm concentrating on, on Alan's stories for the moment. Um, but one of the areas, and again, it has to do, it's got to do with the housing situation and the uh, rejuvenation programme in the city. But... Um, the local Labour Party councillor, Joe Ledden, um, has been at the forefront of a campaign for the council to take over um, old and derelict buildings. Um, so he's been welcoming the fact that the council now have uh, began formal compulsory purchase uh, proceedings for two blocks of buildings, um, one on Cecil Street and the other one on Catherine Street. And it ha- as it happens, the house on Catherine Street happens to be his family's former home so uh you know there's a personal element in it there but his 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 idea is that um the heart of the city um has been subjected to quite a lot of dereliction and despite the fact that there's been big uh projects undertaken in henry street and now about to be undertaken in the uh opera center but um yeah he feels that some of the houses along catherine street cecil street could do with being compulsory purchased and being renovated for for future occupancy. So that's one that will be running for a while. One keeping an eye on as well. Thanks very much for joining us, Jerry. All those stories are much more available on limerickpost.ie. Also available online this week is the 
latest installment of We Are Limerick, where I meet with Simon Thompson from Limerick Fringe. And Simon had this to say about what exactly Limerick Fringe is. Try not to be in traditional spaces with traditional shows. So, you know, we're down in the basement of the record room with theatre. Um, we're in Fab Lab with physical comedy and clowning. And we're in the Hunt Museum in the newly decorated captain's room with a circus acrobatic troupe. So we're, we're, we'd like to play with the idea that you might find something creative in a place that you wouldn't normally experience yeah. it. Uh, and, and it makes us more accessible, I think. You know, someone might come to see a theatre show where they're not going to a formal venue. They can get a pint. And that entire podcast is available online at limerickpost.ie. So as always, you can keep up to date with Limerick News on limerickpost.ie and across all social media channels by following the hashtag Keeping Limerick Posted. And this week's Last Post podcast is brought to you by Ty Kearney Jewellers. Thomas Street, who have a half-price diamond sale at the moment for a limited time only. I'm now joined by Sporting Limerick journalist, John Keogh. John, welcome to the studio. Thanks, Ian. No, Andrew, once again. I'd say carry on in his absence again, so as usual. I think he just wants me in this position because of our opening story. <laughs> uh, a nice win for Limerick over the weekend. Yeah, just backing up Leicester's All-Ireland with a, a very, very comfortable win over your Waterford game. Yeah, look, Limerick won that game, pulling up second gear, really. Didn't have to get out of second gear, I should say. Just 1-9 from Aaron Galan, a sensational goal. Great. That was a brilliant performance. I know he came off a bit early as well. Yeah, well, he, he had a fair few wides with that yeah. performance as well. Um, did he mean the goal? Yeah, one <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't even question that goal. No, he did. Yeah, it was brilliant. It, yeah, it was just, look... I, do, I said it last year with Limerick, long before the, the big Galway away in Leicester and Leicester's league. I just felt watching them that day that it's going to take a serious team to beat Limerick. Okay, Tipperary and Clare did so, tipping the league semi-final, Clare in the Munster Championship. But Limerick won the All-Ireland, and I, I just think in every game they played, bar the Cork game, they did well to win that game against Cork. Galway gave, gave a late rally in the All-Ireland final, but it's been proved again Cork have beaten Limerick this year but they just look so so good and there's more to come even on on the weekend one thing that stood out was both teams had a lot of wides Mm. but it was very uncharacteristic for Limerick so you could imagine if they were on form I I don't think look the thing is it actually isn't uncharacteristic for Limerick they do miss a lot of chances as well but then you you can look at that too as other missing chances that's the problem be a bigger problem if they weren't creating them yeah that's true a lot of wides are are, are scorable they're not aimless shooting which has been a problem in the past, but I, I just think looking at them, they just there's they, they look like they can go up more and more levels if they need to. Dublin put in a very good performance against Limerick last the week the previous week, but Waterford just look okay towards the end of the half. It, the Limerick's leader got back. The end of the first half, Limerick's lead was back to two points. That was mainly to do with Limerick giving away silly enough frees, yeah. scoreable frees for Stephen Especially Bennett. Stephen Bennett, yeah, he's on form at the moment. But then, but then again, Limerick just upped it. Yeah. I got the goal. And then just started the second half of the first couple of points. And then when things did start to slow down, I think Declan Hannon came out and scored a wonderful point. Yeah, so a brilliantly worked point. Kieran mentions that as well. That he mentions that point as, as one of the, being the keys. But Aaron Gillan's goal. And he also <laughs> he also mentions one of Gerald Hegarty's points. I reminded him, and I'm laughing saying this because I think it's a brilliant quote. Reminded him of Bjorn Borg in, in in his <laughs> in his pomp, and I just thought that was just the way Gerald Hegarty swung the hurley. Maybe I don't know, but I just thought it was a great line. Yeah, look, they just—it's—it's it's all systems go now. You're, you're like you two weeks time or, yeah, two weeks time now. The club championship gets underway, so they'll have two rounds of that before the Limerick players go back into camp, uh, awaiting their first game in the Munster Championship. And then over to local football. Yeah, the senior football championship got underway um, last weekend. There was wins for Father Casey's, Ula, uh, reigning champions of there, Newcastle West, and then last night, that is Tuesday night, of course, you had St Kieran's beating um, Nipirshik 216 to 10 points in McNeville no real shocks the only real shocks was Ballyasteen beating Valleylanders probably a bit of a shock given on last year's performances the only real real big thing over the weekend that I noticed anyway, and certainly anyone who's interested in football was the, the margins of victory for every team was fairly big so we'll know more this weekend the second round of games this weekend and then the high scoring games as well. There were there was lots of goals around. Yeah, Ulla scored five. I mean, 
Adair scored three, St. Kieran's two last night, and obviously others as well. It was a high scoring um, weekend. It'll be interesting. Like, like it, it was a funny one. Like, you decent weather conditions over the weekend, very good football conditions. Then last night for that St. Kieran's the Pierce again, we were streaming it live at streamsport.ie in association with Limerick GA TV, and I was out in McNeville Park in the wind with, and the rain was sheeting <laughs> against us. It was just ridiculous, ridiculous conditions. But it, it's interesting. Look, at there are going for three in a row. Um, main likely contenders, they beat Monlean, who, who were semi-finalists last year. Newcastle West are probably the team that will be closest to beating them come the end of the season. So, But we'll know more after this weekend. It's an interesting championship ahead. Definitely. Okay. And uh, over to Limerick FC, flying high at the moment. A couple of yeah. wins on the trot. Three on the trot now for high-flying Limerick FC, yeah. their third. Um yeah, what can you say really? The first half they weren't too good against um Athlone Town last week. Uh, went in 2 0 ahead of, sorry, went in one 0 ahead of the break. It's Shane Tracy free kick that made its way all to, all the way to the net. Limerick had a couple of chances. Uh, Carlos Sullivan had one as well early on. But but they weren't at their best and Tommy Barrett admitted that in the first half. Second half they were a lot better and could have scored another two or three. The open playing style seems to suit them a bit more, I think. I, I think it does. If Limerick get a goal early on, they're, they're, look, they're, they've been very, very solid defensively. Yeah. Teams have missed chances against them, but look, you're never, you're never going to stop a team from creating chances. Yeah. But they're getting that bit of rub of the green at the moment, certainly defensively. They're going to be, what I've noticed from them from their four or five home games so far, they're going to be very hard to beat at home. They've only conceded one goal from all their well, games. That'll be key this season, I think. Well, well it's, it's been their problem in relegation... Certainly last season from the Premier Division, everything else that was going on with that, but from a purely playing point of view, their home record was fairly, fairly poor. So this season it's obvious that you have to do it anyway. Look, Limerick are in third. They went to second briefly after that victory. They're one point off top. Couldn't have asked for any more than what they've done so far this season. And how do you think they'll fare against Galway? That'll be a tough one, I'd imagine. Yeah, but Galway are having a nightmare season. They're bottom of the league, and I think they've only one point. I could be wrong on that. Just thinking about it. that'll be working hard to... Try turn things around. Yeah, they will, but just just things aren't going well for Galway. There's a couple of ex Limerick players involved with them. Vinnie Farty is back with them again. Of course, was uh, Limerick's focal point and their striker in 2015 and that epic run that nearly saw them stay up. But things aren't going well for Galway. Um, Limerick should be without Sean Russell. He was he was helped off the field on during the Athlone game. Um, Limerick's biggest problem this season will be if they get injuries and then they'll have to over-rely on the younger players again. That's what happened last season. Um, yeah, I think they'll be full of confidence. I know that much talking to Tommy and talking to Shane Tracy after the game. They were, they were saying, look, everything's going very well. Shane Tracy was saying it's the best dressing room he's seen on, in his time in Limerick. And he's, what, 10, 11 years with Limerick now. Um, you know, so look... Well, the youth is helping them well there. Right? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you've Conor Ellis as well. Look, Conor Ellis... He's been playing well. Much maligned last season, but he was carrying a hip injury and groin injuries throughout the whole season, and he was plowing an only furrow front a lot of the time. He was to affect it again, but he's been helped by Kieran Hanlon this yeah. season so far. His pace is causing some trouble, I think. It is, yeah. He's running in behind, but he's getting that, He's getting better, better help up there as well, yeah. which takes more focus off him he's having more energy as he said himself a couple of weeks ago to, to rather than chasing players down it's, it's do something with the ball rather than just chasing shadows so look look, look it's been positive they'll, they'll expect a result from Galway I think which is which is great that Limerick are going into games that kind of confidence but Amy DC Park or Terryland Park before that hasn't always been a happy hunting ground. So it's a sad thing to see two city teams in the first division, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is, but it's it's the reality of the situation. Yeah. Like it's you know you've a team like Cork City, like Dundalk have dominated for the last couple of years, last number of years, and Shamrock Rovers doing so, looking good this season. So maybe a three horse race in that sense, but that's the Premier Division I'm talking about. Obviously, it is what it is. Whether the support is there. We all know the much maligned Limerick FC off the field issues financially and whatever else over the last number of years. So Limerick, look, Limerick are starting again this year. We've said that every year for a while with Limerick, but the budget isn't there for for huge big signings like maybe other clubs. But I think Tommy Barrett, even if it was there, that kind of money would be trying to put it back into the youth system. Yeah. So And it seems to be working so far using the youths for the last three games at least. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, over to the oval ball 
Yeah, the AIL this weekend. Um, the biggest game by far and away is Young Munsters v Shannon on Friday night in Tom Clifford Park. Basically, it's like this. Munsters are on 29 points. Shannon are on 27. And Ternur are on 27 at the bottom of the AIL Division 1A. Munsters win, they're safe. And it's up between, it's up between Shannon and Ternur then from the relegation and relegation playoff spots. Shannon win, Munsters travel to Ternur next week and take a go into that game even knowing that a win over Ternur mightn't guarantee them survival so look it's it's a do or die clash for both Some teams tough games coming up for them so yeah it, it, this Friday is do or die for, for Monsters and Shannon um, Gary Owen are like they, they lost last time out and they, they face Lansdowne uh, this weekend Gary Owen's chances really seem to be gone of the top four finish so they're maybe only playing out depending on Dublin University's result tomorrow. Um, it'll be... Look, look, that's the highlight anyway. <laughs> Monsters and Shannon, I keep going back to it. It's it's just Monsters have really hit form the last few weeks after a wretched run. Um, you know, Shannon just seem to be... They're on, they've lost five on the bounce now. You know, they, they're just... Look, look, a losing run is, is hard to get out of. It's on in Tom Clifford Park. Shannon did well to beat Monsters at home in Park earlier on this season. You have to be thinking that Monsters will definitely fancy themselves at home. And then looking at the other sports page here, I see a picture of Keaters flying like Superman. Yeah, look, was it Mon- a serious game he had? It was. It was a match winner for Monsters. Yeah. That simple. Two opportunistic. Certainly the first one was opportunistic. The second one was a good move. He finished off. Yeah, I was talking to him, uh, Johan van Graan and Niles Scanlon at the Munster press conference earlier this week. You know, he, he definitely called the Edinburgh game, Keith Earls did anyways, the most physical one that, that he's played in this season. It was a tough, hard, hard contest. They probably went into it knowing that they'd be a tough opponent anyway. Absolutely, yeah. Munster under no illusions of what was ahead of them. A very, very competent Edinburgh side had been going very well at home this season and they're ever-improving Edinburgh side as well. Knockout rugby is all about winning. It's do or die. It is. You, you even saw in the Leinster-Ulster game as well. I'm not going to go on about national media, but, I mean, Munster struggled to victory over Edinburgh, according to national media, and then Leinster epically beat Ulster. And yeah. It was very similar. Look, one thing that's been forgotten, I think, in a lot of ways in the reporting of both those games is that I think the Munsters, Munsters returning Irish players the two sessions with their province before that Edinburgh game. I'd imagine it was something similar for Leinster. You just can't, in this day and age, with systems being so important, you just can't slip in straight away into your old system. You're relearning things, as Keith Earl said. Yeah. You're relearning calls. You're just forgetting you're out of the Irish system and you're into your provincial calls. Again, look, both teams won. We'll forget about Leinster for the moment. Munster won that game. That's all that really matters. It'd be hugely difficult task against Saracens in a couple of weeks time a few injuries picked up there the other day as well so yeah the big one like, yeah Jack O'Donoghue should be okay he failed a uh, head injury assessment came off it as a result of that and wasn't allowed back on um, the big one obviously is Joey Carberry his hamstring his left hamstring again um, which caused him which he picked up in the Six Nations according to Munster all week and Yon McGran confirmed that hit didn't have a hint of a problem throughout training the whole week. Flared up after half an hour, and but Tyler Blaine all came into the breach at out half and did superbly kick that conversion, which proved mm. vital in the end. But yeah, Cardiff this week and three points behind Glasgow Warriors in the Pro 14. Monster need to keep winning to try and take that top spot off them. John, thanks very much for joining us. As always, our sports content is brought to you in association with Sporting Limerick, where online you can find more sports content, podcasts, video and live streams. John, cheers for coming in. Once again, you can keep up to date with all Limerick news on LimerickPost.ie or following the hashtag Keeping Limerick Posted across all social media channels. And this week's podcast is brought to you in association with Ty Kearney Jewellers and Thomas Street. At the moment, you can get a half-price diamond rings for a limited time only. I'm joined now by... Our entertainment's guru, Eric Fitzgerald. Eric, it's not Andrew again. I'm sorry. Not Andrew. I don't know. No. Yeah, I don't know where he is you today. Got a shock now, when you? you walked in there. I mean, yeah, well, it's good to see you. I know yeah. again, it's good to be down here by the back door of the the <laughs> podcast. You know, when all the adults are finished talking, we get a chance to talk exactly, about a bit of music yeah. here. There's a, so. 
few rumours floating about about uh, where Andrew was off to actually. Well, I heard Andy is actually uh, rehearsing. I, I, I believe he's um, taken up a career singing, and yeah. um, I think he's a role in a fairly significant panto. All this under- entertainment talk. talk is yeah. after I think it's rubbed off on him. Yeah, you know? that's it. So I don't know. I think he's. I think. I think he didn't want anyone to know, but I yeah. think he's got a part in Aladdin. That's that must be the Dublin Road. Yeah. Have you heard an eye on that one? <laughs> Only briefly. Yeah, it's yeah, not great. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I wouldn't pay to go see him, to be honest. Probably got a role as the lamp or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> so, uh, Eric, you have some new tunes for us this week? Yeah. So, we've a load of new music uh, coming in. And it's been a great year so far. I think every time we chat together here, there's some new music to play to people. You know? There's a lot happening locally. I there's believe. loads happening. Absolutely loads. And, and people are getting their... Um, getting their tracks together and getting them out on Bandcamp so it's quite um, it's, it's pretty inexpensive to record it's pretty inexpensive to get things released so there's a lot of quality stuff out there as and well as you so mentioned the production value is just going up and up up and up because these guys are kind of getting great I suppose they're getting a great education in it they're spending the time on it and there's courses out in UL and Mary I and, and um, LIT, you know, so these guys are pretty hot shot um, recorders. Uh, actually, the one, the first ones I was going to chat to you about was Junior Brother uh, from uh, Kerry and Pow Pig, our favourites, uh, four, four girls in the band from Limerick here who are recently out of voices. They a lot in here, yeah. They are popping up, I mean, and they're doing pretty well now for four girls who are uh, actually sitting there leaving certain in the next couple of weeks, you know, but they the Found time to go into uh, the Music Generation Studios with, with um, Steve Ryan and co. And they recorded a couple of tracks. And uh, the, 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 out of all that, uh, they have two tracks on this four-track cassette. Cassette. I don't know, I don't know uh, if you've got a cassette player anymore. <laughs> I certainly I don't. I did. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the lads on Out in a Limb and uh, the lads from the Roisin Dove as well. Uh, uh, Googie's Roisin Dove, their uh, Strange Brew Records. So they've come together four track cassette you can also download it so I was talking to Steve Ryan about it during the week and he said the four track cassette yes it's actually cheaper than vinyl to make and it's something that you have in your hand so the people are kind of aware that it's there's a bit of a novelty aspect to it but it's also a, a tangent piece of but all these analogue uh, music types are popping exactly. back up final and so you might find yeah so you know and maybe, maybe when, when is the mini disc get it again get when is the papers. mini disc coming back <laughs> <laughs> please no please no for the mini disc you know the, the, the most likely thing to get lost <laughs> as soon as you owned it it was going to disappear again so yeah so the, that's a, a four track what do they call it a four track A side a quadruple A side single so two tracks from Junior Brother um, he's he's signed with the, the Galway label um, he has a great track called Hung Over at Mass I don't know if you've ever heard it and he's got his own unique uh, West Kerry style of indie folk music like he's, he's an original just like uh, Pow Pig are you know so Pow Pig's tracks are uh, Mayday and Pretty Woman and um, they have yeah the four tracker is coming out in the next couple of weeks and they're going on tour to back that up and they are playing on Good Friday April the 19th at the Casbah Social Club so that's going to be great double header. Yeah. That's a great gig for him, you know. Even the the album art there, I can see it is a bit. Uh, is that the album art? The album art is amazing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it looks it looks really cool. Like, and uh, yeah, I think you the, get a glimpse of that in this week's paper and online as well. We'll have it up there. We'll have um, we'll have we'll have uh, you'll be able to stream it from the website as well. And uh, I'd say we'll put, put a track in maybe along the way here as well. Sure, if you want to click play there, Eric, we'll give them we'll, a listen. Here we go. Players take a bit longer to start. Yeah, that's it. You have to rewind it with the pencil <laughs> after it. You know. So I have another piece of new music for you. Uh, the track the track is called Roses and it's from Jenny. And Jenny is actually Jenny McMahon, who um, has been uh, playing with a, a lot of uh, quality uh, acts so far. And dance producers Delorean Sweet is probably what she's best known for. Uh, with with Tony Roach there. I mean, they've written a lot of great dance tracks over the years. And had a lot of stuff uh, re- released, and uh, this is a change of pace. 
So yeah, she's put the band together, and this is almost like kind of a, a kind of an indie folk sound, and uh, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful, soulful track, and uh, she's a wonderful voice anyway. So, um, and we, she was talking about the track herself, and we, we'll be talking to her more about it uh, in the next few issues. Um, that it's a song about reconnecting with lost friendships. And it's a lovely, lovely song, and they are playing Jenny and the full band will be playing in Dolan's on Friday, May twenty four. And for Record Store Day, they'll be at Steamboat Records. I think she'll just do that one solo. So that's uh, Record Store Day is April the 13th. few gigs so, coming up for April excellent there's always something good on you know just over the horizon there you know so that's a couple of things to look forward to and um, yeah just this week we'll keep on with the new music sure where are we going to go next only God knows God knows where we're going to go next <laughs> so God knows has come right in something uh, just the other morning and uh, it came into the inbox first thing in the morning and uh, wasn't expecting this actually I didn't, I didn't realise he, he, he had been recording but he was recording in Berlin and uh, he's been working with a uh, French producer and he's come up with this track called Crown and uh, yeah it's, it's a really interesting track now people who don't know God knows you know Rosangano family and Murley, yeah. the whole got and uh, my name Based is John. Based in Clare, I think, is he? But he spends yeah, a lot of time in Limerick. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, yeah, I think Morley is a Limerick lad, and uh, God knows, and my name is John Deller from out, out of County Clare. And um, yeah, I mean, the, obviously, they, they won the Choice Music Prize for the. Regular performers at Electric Picnic the last couple of years. Totally. Yeah. And you know what? They had been doing a lot of work with the music generation. I know you were talking to them the other week. And they, um, obviously, these boys have been mentoring a lot of the hip hop stars. And we've spoken about that the few, last few weeks about yeah. how, how much value they've brought. You can see them. it shining true in what's yeah. coming up now. Isn't it just. And you can even hear Hazy Hayes talking about it when we both spoke to him in here as well. You know, he was waxing lyrical on what they did you know, yeah. for him because he had, uh, these guys had the ability. When they meet somebody like these guys out of Rossangana who've been there and done that, you know, had got the Choice Music Prize and uh, they start working together and, and, and start composing together. So what's That's, this track like? The magic uh, happens. So this track is called Crown. It's an interesting one now. It's a, sorry, I, I probably needed to listen to it two or three times um, because, you know, it, it, it's an interesting track from the point of view that he's kind of name-checking the likes of Kendrick Lamar and Childish Gambino and a couple of the local heroes, actually, even same difference. And Joan Decay and Murley get a mention in it and, and I, I, I think the vibe is that he, he's talking about the success of hip-hop uh, from a local level and an international level and uh, he's, I, I suppose he's, he's talking about kind of commitment and he, he says himself that I see kings and queens of all walks of life making moves regardless of the cards they've been dealt and that's what's inspiring so I suppose he's saying people who you know, they're creating art, you know, they might be creating it out of their bedroom, they might be creating it and millions of people are listening to it, you know, it's it's um, it's it's a good track and I'd say there's more to come from there. Sounds you know? very interesting and hopefully it's part of a bigger project. We might get yeah, to. I think so, yeah, because he was out on the Sim Simba sound system, he was doing tracks there as well with Denise Kayala and uh, like there's quality stuff coming out so I, I'm, I'm sure to keep an eye out. We don't know if there's any live shows coming up yet. I'm hoping to get a chat with him uh, in the next few days and cool. see what's coming up next for him. Same difference, Joan and DK, spec respect. It ain't easy doing this every other day. Some of us ain't living from this. Ain't you noticed? Ten years in, still call me up and coming. Like, watch out for that kid. He up to something. Few years later, thought he was... Then we have a bit of news from MC Nutton. MC Nutton, now with you. So you have to get your phones out next Saturday. And uh, give MC Nutton a bit of support, um, aka Ben Watt vibes. Uh, ben Watt has been, I suppose, in Limerick now the last 15, 16 years. Uh, great old pal, uh, he, he, he runs open mic nights around Limerick and uh, inspiring musician, really creative. Um, he studied in the art college and he has a project that basically is based around nothing. And he was on Ireland's Got Talent last year 
and he he did he did a, a mime. A, he just a mime on stage, <laughs> doing absolutely nothing, yeah. and he got the, uh, the he was kind of kicked off basically. But the, it was part of the art project he was doing. But the producers liked him so much they brought him back. So he's beatboxing. Uh, so he did it uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, in one of the earlier rounds, and he got through with four four votes yes from the four four judges. So anyway, that all leads us basically to the fact that he's on the Helix stage this Saturday. It's a live show, eight acts on. Um, we don't know where in the lineup he'll be, but the point of it is he is going to be beatboxing absolutely live. There's nothing pre-recorded. It'll be a bigger production than he's used to playing. Like So normally he'd be on stage himself with his microphone, doing what he does. Uh, but now there'll be probably a, a big production behind him. Dancers, who knows? He, he wasn't revealing a whole lot about it. I saw him in last year's LSAD final year show and it was crazy performance. It was just him in a room on his own. And yeah. Even and then... It's super creative. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And he builds the tracks up as he's going along and uh, they're, they're quirky. They're kind of funny. Um, but I mean, he makes he, he makes a serious racket for one guy, you know, one microphone and, and a, a recording device is just uh, sampling as he's going along. And it'll get you bopping. Totally. Yeah. This is, and it, I, I hope he wows the crowd, you know. And uh, for our part here in Limerick, I think what we can be doing is maybe just tune in Half seven on a Virgin Media uh, station, XTV3, and I think it starts at 7.30pm, finishes around maybe quarter to nine, and then the voting starts for about 10 minutes, so you've got a short window to get that phone number in, get your votes in, hopefully if you really enjoy Limerick it. Limerick can have some blistered tongues by the end Exactly, of the yeah, vote as many times as you like and keep <laughs> voting, you know, because he's, he's, um, he, he, he again is another example of the, of the creativity we have in the city, you know, so I mean, um, yeah. Uh, Best uh, I look to Benoit from all of us in here anyway. Benoit, yeah, yeah we'll, be, we'll be rooting for him this Saturday uh, come 7.30, you know. Um, so that's, that's most of it now. I just want to give a little plug to a, a band from Waterford. I think that's from your, your, your part of the world. Ah, yeah, my and, um, you've, seen, you've seen these guys, uh, the, the, the... Back Road uh, Smokers Club. Yeah, technically see, gifted musicians, I'd say. Smooth they, grooves and tasty jams they put down on their press release. Yeah. Do you agree, sir? <laughs> ah, they'd be smooth enough, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, they're worth checking out. They're very talented musicians and... I imagine they'll have people dancing on the night. It kind of reminded me of the doors for some reason. Excellent, yeah. excellent. Well, they're playing in pharmacy, yeah. So the, nice that's upstairs in pharmacy. Yeah. And uh, actually, yeah, there's, if, if you go up to uh, pharmacy upstairs to a gig, anyway, there's a bit of a sixties vibe up there all the time. I think you know, and it's a uh, it's a fun place to play. So I'd say that they'll have a great crowd. And that's uh, this this Thursday, Thursday the fourth. Um, so yeah, I think I think that's nearly uh, that's nearly my lot. You know, I've just been spending the last the last week uh, listening to the Billie Eilish album and uh, when we fall asleep, where do we go? Uh, and uh, it's it's an amazing record, and uh, that, that's what I've been listening to most of the week. Uh, and it turns out uh, with a name like Billie Eilish that um, she's actually Irish, and uh, she's Ooh. Irish and Scottish. And her brother Phineas O'Connell and him and herself. Any standout tracks album. there for people to check out? Um, I think "Bury a Friend" is absolutely outstanding, you know. And um, I mean, th- this thing has like she's into multi millions of views already, and uh, the, the previews for this album before it came out, and I think it was in the four hundred thousand she marked. This this is serious stuff, but it's real indie music. It's 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 um, it's interesting the way the, the Billy and her brother they they, they produce something very basic a kind of fragmented sample music just doesn't sound quite like anything else maybe James Blake is the nearest thing I could say it sounds like um, but I mean this album is already shot to the top of the charts and, and you know people will have this on their so there's one so. for you to check out good one for the summer I think and yeah definitely Eric, I think this week has been a lot more professional than usual for some reason it's been the best yet you know yeah. <laughs> so you know I don't think I don't think we'd welcome Andy back at all actually you know but I'd like to wish him well on, on his new endeavour because yeah. I, I didn't think he was much of a singer rubbing the magic lamp and everything but I believe he's either playing the part of the lamp in Aladdin <laughs> I'm not quite sure what he's doing but, but I know <laughs> he's at rehearsals at the moment you that know, must be I mean, it yeah. you know, and if you start rehearsing for a panto in April I mean we might know, quiz him on this next week it, I think really, yeah. uh, we'll have to quiz him on this next week yeah we'll, we'll, ask, we'll ask him all the, the fighting questions when we get a chance when he comes back to us thanks very much for joining us Eric it's been a pleasure Keen, it's been great so yeah keep going to those gigs and uh, we might see you at the Back Road uh, Smokers Club in yeah. Pharmacia cool see you in a bit
Once again, you can follow all Limerick news on limerickpost.ie or over on social media by following the hashtag Keeping Limerick Posted. And this week's podcast is brought to you by Ty Kearney Jewellers, who at the moment have a half-price diamond ring sale for a limited time only. That's Ty Kearney Jewellers on Thomas Street. I'm now joined by our arts editor, Rose Rush. Rose, how are you getting on? Great, great. Plenty to tell you this week. Thanks for joining us. And I see there's a bit of news there about Limerick Fringe. Yeah, can I give you a bit of competition with your coverage of Fringe? You can, can indeed. Thank you very much. I have two, two, two darts in my own page this week. Uh, listener, I want you to know that Limerick uh, Post is proud media sponsor of Limerick Fringe. Uh, the committee came to us at the very beginning, three years back. Um, they have been extraordinary people of integrity with whom to deal. Their committee is strictly not for profit. None of their own gigs and products and anything they do is entitled to any sense of profit from Limerick Fringe. They're wonderful business partners, they're wonderful media partners, and we've been thrilled to row in behind this hot and happening festival. First gig that I want to examine with you today is Holy Show. It's made by a neighbour of mine. Uh, His name is Evan Kennedy. Evan has a long career in social work. He has an alter ego. She's Madonna Lucia. And Madonna Lucia is legend, not just in Limerick, but nationally. She's a drag queen who does the most crazy and funny and witty and scabrous stand-up. And she's also a gifted quiz master. Or is that quiz mistress? (laughs) I don't know. Anyway, I lifted the phone to talk to Evan Kennedy about Holy Show. The first thing he did was make a point to me that last year he'd been arrested for putting on the show because in it he's dressed in nun's garb fear not any frightening of children or anything like that the venue for this show is uh, downstairs at the commercial bar the that's in room. the record room correct thanks Keen. you know it on Catherine Street that's from Friday April the 4th um, Thursday April the 4th to Saturday the 6th and he describes the format to this person revealing our theatre stand up as taking Bits from pop culture, from social media, and stuff from the Me Too movements. He journeys back through his Catholic school days and explores the concept of separating the artist from their art, such as Michael Jackson. Um, he's a very funny man, he's fearless, and this is most definitely a show for grown-ups in the record room. LimerickFringe.com And uh, that's one of many shows... The Limerick Fringe this year, Rose, there's a lot going on over the weekend. Yeah, I think you and I know that their funding uh, dropped yeah. by two-thirds this year. They've still been incredibly good advertisers and business partners to us, Kane. Um So to keep quality buoyant, they chose fewer artists to come to Limerick. So I think we have 16 principal performers and multiply that by maybe a factor of four acts each. So there's at least 50 performances to catch up with around town. The next one we're going to look at takes place in Narrative 4 in O'Connell Street. It's a powerhouse of a performance poet. He's a Limerick man, Paul McNamara, and he is a former Poetry Ireland Slam champion and a two-time All-Ireland Slam runner-up. This man is gifted. He's also modest, humble and funny. He's somebody who minds his own life for humiliations and laughs. Um, His latest show is Hello, My Name is Single. You can guess the bones of it. And again, you can book for him, LimerickFringe.com. Various performance times, as with most performances throughout this four-day festival. That's two very different venues, but both beautiful in their own right I think Narrative 4 is a beautiful venue have you ever been in there? Kian, I think you have poetry in your soul after all <laughs> what else do we have going on in the arts this week Rose? okay and not visual arts we tend not to give it too much on the page but we certainly love to support it a little and often I've called one piece here Arty Party in the Market and it's a report from their, their principal organiser Cathy Tiernan that Limerick's art collective so their proper title would be art limerick so art limerick's collective of painters and makers of artwork they return to the um, english mid market on sunday april the 14th at least 40 artists will be displaying work from paintings to wall hangings to ceramics to pottery whatever between 11 a.m and 4 p.m and there's some talented artists in that group that you mentioned. You and I, yeah. we particularly know Cathy's work. Yeah. We've had exposure to their others. The beautiful thing about this Art Limerick Collective is that they frequently paint outdoors. 
and they bring great joy and great visual theatre to the city and setting up their... Takes the gallery out onto the streets, really. That's exactly what yeah. their principle is. And the work they make on the street is the work they sell. And coming back to Fringe as well, there's a lovely poster on display in the post this week. We were commenting on it earlier. Yeah, with respect to how gifted some people are in their imagery and artwork for ads... I think it's on page 73. We both looked, opened the paper with a sense of pride today and yeah. looked at Limerick Fringe's ad. Folks, that's how it can be done. Yeah, and more information for that is on limerickfringe.com as well as on our own website at limerickpost.ie. That's great. Um, can I give you another little snip on visual arts? You can indeed, Rose. Great, because rhyming with this, uh, the Fringe Festival, there's a great pop-up show. It's by Julie Brazel. She's a Wexford woman, but uh, educated and living in Limerick. She's actually a doctor of fine art. Um, her show opens in Lucky Lane on Catherine Street at 7pm for a couple of hours on Friday night, this Friday, April the 5th. Then it's all over to sponsored Len Tavern with a little bit of finger food and I think some treaty beer in the house. Everybody is welcome to the show and to join the artists afterwards. She belongs to James Street Studios and what she tells us is that the work begins with old photographs from past journeys. They are used as collage material for postcard explorations in watercolour. And you have another two days after that to catch the show um, from 11am on Saturday and Sunday. And that's it. It's a pop-up show under the banner of Gallery Interlude. And it's run principally by Contact Studios, who have embraced Julie in this endeavour. Sounds like a, an interesting event and one worth checking out. Irish Chamber Orchestra, I want to mark your card for an evening inspired by Mendelssohn. Um, that takes place on Thursday the 11th. Uh, and it opens the previous night in Christchurch Cathedral. Um, it would be music with respect to do with it's to do with the romantic imagination with the forms of Bach, Beethoven, and Handel. They have three world class soloists in this. One of them, the Irish woman, she's a soprano, Anna Devon, and we in Limerick would have seen her in a principal role in Agrippina two years ago. Is there a price on that or is it a free event? Oh, their prices are extremely good because Irish Chamber Orchestra is funded by the Arts Council and they make a point of being accessible. So go to uch.ie and they are especially kind to students and pensioners. Is there any more arts news for us, Ah, Absolutely. I think a, a product you have an interest in yourself. This is going to be Limerick's biggest ever homegrown theatre show. It's called Bread Not Profits. It's from the pen of Mike Finn. It's been a work in progress with Mike for a long, long time. And what really gave it wind is that the Arts Council finally decided to grant it money. And it gave it the impressive sum of €120,000, the biggest ever given to a theatre product in Limerick, which tells you the quality of what was put before the Arts Council to embrace this show, which is staging exactly on the centenary of the Limerick Soviet, when Limerick trade unions insisted 100 years ago that the city go and strike against the rigour of British militia. And I was over at Cleves the other day um, speaking to Terry, the director. Please, can we listen in, Keen? We can indeed. Terry had this to say about putting on a show in Cleves Factory. To make a, a show here is really just incredible because it's part of Limerick's history. It's an amazing space and to see it redeveloped and to see Limerick people's stories kind of enacted within it is just a really exciting thing for me to do. And you mentioned the funding as well, Rose, and being in the factory, I can see they have a big job on their hands to turn that into something that they can put a performance on in. Yeah, and I think they're going to run for 11 performances. There's a preview night, you'll get a cheaper ticket on April the 16th. Uh, words of advice from Terry O'Donovan, the director is, and he's co-devising this with Mike, wrap up warmly. It's an outdoor, indoor promenade show, and that'll take us exactly through the journeying and the furtive behaviour around Limerick City, with which people had to move then to organise a food circuit. They even printed their own money. Uh, tough times and we live them in this this very special piece of work that's extremely well researched and nice combination of the personal and fiction in with the truths of history and what is Limerick's own history in our city. That's one that will stand out for theatre goers and history lovers alike. Here, here. And uh, Rose, moving away from the arts over to this interview with Adapt House. Yes, indeed. Every three to four weeks, I get to do a full page profile. I've, I've penned it City and Soul. City because I look to institutions that inform the running of Limerick City and indeed Limerick County and 
all our citizens and county folk, whatever nationalities. And then I look at the person leading them. So in this week, we look to Adapt House. The proper title of the charity Adapt House contains is Adapt Domestic Abuse Services. Bit of an ugly title, but it was forced upon us by the um, the company's registrations office because all the companies in the country had adapted the title. Essentially, it's a support service inside in Ross Bryan and in outreach projects and in education projects as well for women survivors of domestic abuse and their children. I know in 2017 alone, uh, 836 women from 28 different countries were supported by the Refuge and Education and Training Centre. Uh, 112 women stayed within its, its doors and there are 266 children. So it does extraordinary work. I would like you to read through this profile on page 20 because it's a long-term head of services, Monica McIlvany. She's a shy and decent and extremely visionary and persuasive and hardworking Monaghan woman, has led this project for Limerick's Refuge to become the largest in all 32 counties and it's perceived to be a place of best practice in the sector. We're very proud of her. And uh, in terms of the soul side then, Rose, what kind of stuff do you touch on? Um, she speaks about coming here about 20 years ago. She began working sessionally with Limerick groups. She had been working overseas in refugee camps and clearly how society organises itself for the better has been a passion project for her. The big revelation to those who don't know her is that she is such a sporting head, GA and in Limerick, rugby. She mourns a little bit that Monaghan's successes in the football field haven't travelled far beyond the northwest. but she says the most amazing thing about Munster and rugby is that you're part of this extraordinary, joyful community and really the whole world knows about it. She loves being part of that. She also continues this sort of, this big desire within her to make a change, not be a bystander. And I think it's very interesting reading for young women of our generation. What do we focus on? Do we buy L'Oreal products because we're worth it? Or do we, you know, pin our hopes and our activity and our education on a far greater vision for a mobilised society for the better? That sounds like an interesting interview and that can be found in this week's Limerick Post and online at limerickpost.ie as well as a short video piece. That's right, Keen, done by yourself, which I've yet to be privileged to, to look at. And I want to, uh, reader, what Keen tells me is that it takes place in the, the very, very well facilitated gardens of ADAPT, which has extremely good facilities for kids. And they can also grow things there. It's quite a beautiful cultivation. I was garden. amazed when I walked in there how big it was. But Monica made a point when I asked that it could be bigger with the services they provide. Yeah, 266 mm. children through your doors in a year. Yeah. That's a lot of kiddie space and young teenager and exactly. adult space to provide. Yeah. They house men and women there until the age of 18. They're in after they're perceived to be an adult and the service provider changes. And may I say a warm thank you on the part of families in Limerick and other, other counties in the Midwest who have business with ADAPT for, the, uh, for his benevolent fund which through a big handshake to adapt and the development of this garden through its benevolent fund. Um, it's, it's a work of beauty. I agree, Rose. Thanks very much for joining the show, professional as ever. This has been the last Post podcast, which our host, Keen Reinhardt, not Andrew Carey this week. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to thank Rose Rush, our editor, Jerry Collison, Bernie English, and John Keogh, as well as Eric Fitzgerald for joining me on this week's podcast. For more sports, news, entertainments, arts, pets news and home and living, you can visit limerickpost.ie or follow the hashtag keeping Limerick posted across all social media. And thanks again for Ty Kearney for sponsoring this week's Last Post podcast with half-price diamond rings for a limited time only. As always, for more, visit limerickpost.ie. We are keeping Limerick posted. <laughs>